For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today. Welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. I am joined by the band Dictator, all the way from West Lothian. I feel like I should change the name of this podcast to do something to do with West Lothian, because <laughs> I've had everybody on it recently. Oh, aye. Aye. How are you getting on? Good, thanks. Aye. Just aye, been working a day, but aye, excited to be here. Aye. Thanks for having us, man. No, delighted to have you. Delighted. Tell us a wee bit about yourselves, and for people that are maybe watching this or listening for the first time that have never heard of the band, you slow face you that. Nah, so, uh, so we're a band called Dictator, we're a four-piece uh, from West Lothian, which seems to be a kind of melting pot of talent now. Um, we're like a, so our category, after winning the Sama recently, is alternate rock, right? Uh, I think we're mere poppy, we're a bit like Gorillaz, right? So that, like, when we first started, Gorillaz was our, like our main influence, and we wanted to try and be a wee bit more poppy and do the stuff that wasn't as kind of indie as what we'd done before. Um, so I so if you like gorillas, like a bit of Cassidy and you like that primal scream kind primal of primal scream, uh, I like uh, genuinely we've got yeah. bongos in the songs. <laughs> like, uh, but I so like just like that, we're trying what to try and make ourselves more poppy and challenge ourselves to be like that without feeling that we have to be or didn't have to be. So I if you enjoy those bands, then hopefully you enjoy us. How did you start? Because I feel as if West Lovian, as you touched on there, is a hot bed of talent. But like, <sighs> what makes somebody from that area get into music? Because everybody's in it. I like uh, there's been a scene for years. Me personally, I can only go from my personal like, experience, and music's been a big thing in my life the whole like, my whole life. Like uh, my dad used to have one of the Casio keyboards uh, like, when I was younger, and I'd sit and play it. There's one day he came in and I was playing it, and then he he was like hey, enough because <laughs> I was like no, but I was like playing it better than he was, and, it, and he was like what's going on here? My dad was always into music. He was in a band, right? and, and it just seemed to be kind of that was a that was a thing you'd done, like, totally. and I'd done it, and then so. Kind of when we went to school, um, secondary school, especially early secondary school, there was loads of kind of, there was already loads of bands, like Zach's a couple of years older than, than me and Joe and, and Alan's the same age as him. They were in a band when we were younger. And so then when they turned 16, they were getting to go and play all these venues. We could go and see them at 14 because it was over 14s. They were allowed to play because they were 16. So at 14, we're away seeing all these battle of the bands and like all these local venues. And it's like people doing Arctic Monkeys covers and stuff. And you're sitting going, I want to do that. What you're saying is, me and Alan are probably one of your main inspirations. Right? No, yeah. we've seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 we like to swear on this podcast, by the way. Say whatever you like. No, I've just got to say, we've seen you and you were shite. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and we thought, if they can do it, why have we not done it? No, it was. Uh, what was the name of your band? We were Japan Four, mate. Oh, I remember Japan so Four. I think we probably shared bills back in the, Absolutely. Back in the days. Aye. We, we were Ross Kitts putting on all the guys. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But we were, like, going back to that, we weren't very good. We were too young. And they were handed some pretty good opportunities and just fucking blew them. So it was fine. Mm, because we were idiots. We were like, we fought living the rock and roll life. So it was all it was about. Yeah. It was actually about making good tunes. But we did eventually get there. By that point, it was too late, and we were like, you know, sort of dissolving and moving on to other things. I think that's really interesting what you say about this whole rock and roll lifestyle. Because I remember playing gigs to ten years ago, and have they turned up and hammering the beers and the vodka and whatever else and. I feel now that when I go to gigs, the bands are a lot more sober. Aye. You know what? Yeah, we talked about this on the way through, man. Uh, and it is a big thing. And I, like, so we'll obviously talk about that later on, because we are, like, then he treat it the same way we have previously. Like, used to get smashed. And then now I'm a bit like, you imagine you went to see, like, a show. <laughs> like, if it was any other show in any other industry, and you turned up there all wrecked, 
they're all under it. You'd be like, are you kidding me on? So I'm like, no, if we want to charge good money to people to come along and see a show, not just us getting wrecked and re-singing our songs terribly, which I didn't want to do. I'm like, we might as well kind of treat it professionally. But going back to that thing you were saying about when you're younger and you throw away the opportunities, I kind of feel like that. But then I also felt when I was younger, I had no idea what an opportunity was. So I thought, like, if you, like, they they boys supported Las Vegas uh, years ago, right? And then... and it was like, oh, like that was a big opportunity. We never capitalised on it. But I, if that we'd been given the opportunity back then, I probably would have just went, yes, we're like, I almost would have looked at it like we're supporting Las Vegas now, so that must be us made it. I didn't know what making it was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know if I wanted to, like, do you stop at a certain point? Like, I had no idea what I was actually chasing. I was just playing music. So it wasn't like we didn't make the most of the opportunities. We just had no clear intention of... This is what we want to do. We want to try and make a career out of music or do whatever. So you never capitalise their opportunities or stuff. I, I don't think we, we so was it just the case that we didn't make the most great <laughs> opportunities. We burnt our bridges. Nah, aye, aye, aye. We supported Glass Vegas. We got steaming and stole the rider for them. Like we were. Haven't you that? Stop telling them that you supported <laughs> we, them. We were sixteen or something. Are you so, now playing with Glass Vegas since? Aye. We'll so be wanting that back. Like, Redemption. There's that wee prick get to call it. Exactly. Aye. Nah. But they were like, that's going back to that thing about kind of being a wee bit more sober and treating it differently. Like, see, I remember when you're younger, right? One of the things about riders, maybe folk are like, oh, I get like a, like a big arsehole rider, like, I want something served at 37 degrees. Oh, and totally. I remember the first kind of defining point where I seen the person who has to do the riders try to get the riders, and they were like, oh, God. and I was like, I'm never doing that. If, no. Even if we become the most successful band in the world, I am never doing something just to be a dick to try and be funny. Because totally. I was like, that's no, we're all different, we're all folk. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it just totally changed my perception of it. And then when you start thinking like, why are we getting fucked up? We're shite. <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. absolutely shite when we're fucked up. And what you, people, oh, I mean, you practice when you're steaming. You're like, that's not how you get good. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, exactly. just, oh, it's a different mindset, man. Do you think it's an age thing as well, though? I because see, when you're that age, nobody's going to tell oh, you that's not right. You're never going to listen to them either. No, exactly. <laughs> I know. And it is, it's more fun at that age as well. Like, you didn't really see the... We were talking about on the way home, anyway, on the way through here. This is at home. No, but we were basically, like, uh, talking about, like, all our idols when we were younger. Like, I'm glad that, like, we weren't a, If we were 18 and we'd made it, like, you'd be sitting there going, like, doing a path that you didn't realise you were going down. But then now we've grown older, you look at the Libertines and that, and I'm like, mate, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, thank fuck, I never done, like, no, I mean, thank fuck, I never went doing that path. Totally. But at the time, he was just like, yeah, well, I didn't even know it wasn't exactly a, <laughs> an idol, but you're sitting there going, oh, they were doing what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Getting fucked up, they were playing gigs every weekend, it was class, and like, now I'm looking at it going, that's absolutely not the take. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not wanting a piece of that action right. at all. I want to do it my way and I want to enjoy it. I went and seen the Libertines a few times in Baby Shambles and they were terrible. Aye, mate. But you came away enjoying it. Strangely, do you know Because I mean? you were buzzing in it. It's an amazing yeah. event. But I mean reading about uh, Julian Casablancas. Julian Casablancas was a genuine idol of mine. The Strokes were one of my like foundation bands mm-hmm. that actually like inspire you to, to go away and play and stuff like that. I think everybody at that time as well. The Strokes were huge for me. I remember there was an interview with Julian Casablancas basically saying he was that fucked up the whole time throughout their biggest gigs that he can't remember it. And I was like... That's terrible. I, and I'm like, oh my God. So like... You, we think about capitalising on opportunities we had when we were 16, 17. They weren't, they were alright opportunities, right? Can you imagine playing the biggest and most successful gigs of your life and then now getting to an age where he's maybe in his 40s going, oh fuck, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Mental, man. I think, as you say, it comes through maturity, but also you're just looking at it and going, you've seen all these people who you idolised go through that. They're at the other end, some of them, some of them haven't made this, and you're going, thank fuck. 
I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's, aye. I think that's part of the reason why dictators are sort of where we are at the moment as well. Just our attitude is entirely different. Like, to where we were five, even three years ago, do you know what I mean? Boring bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, man, but like, we, I, we did. We, when I was younger, when I was playing bands, like, like I was saying before, we, we, our attitude was all totally different, man. And even then, I, I, I left that band, joined the group called The Phantoms, had some of my career highlights with them. Yeah. I was steaming at the time, mate. I, was, yeah. I, I look back at it again, I'm going, I made a fool of myself. I'm not as proud of those moments as what I should have been. Yeah. Um, so I got, I quit drinking like two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, just as we were sat in Dictator. Brilliant. And uh, I feel like that's, I'm not going to put all the success into me, no, no good. <laughs> but I feel like that's. He was your biggest influence, and it's the reason where you're just now. But I feel like it's quite, it's an important factor because uh-huh. like I actually focus on what we're doing now is before I would show up to practice, just play my bits and whatever. Now I'm like, every spare moment I've got, I'm like, Let's do something in the band, let's see what we can do here, totally. let's contact this guy, let's, let's yeah. see if we can write a tune today or whatever. That's just like, our, our mindsets are entirely different as to what it was we are. That's amazing. We're recording this on a Monday and I'm going to need to ask you a few questions as to how you chuck the drink because I was feeling slightly hung over it. Oh, nice, nice. Nice. But no. Maybe you right to the edge first, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. Uh, how did you guys get together then? Were you just pals at school? We kind of like we know so much pals at school, but we used to go and see Japan for. We used to support Japan for, um, and like we were, we played loads of gigs together, and we just knew each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when so uh, Zach was saying he was with the Phantoms, um, so I kind of uh, like we had a band before called the Barrels, right? And we kind of started fizzling out. Um, nothing just never naturally came to an end. It just kind of we stopped really getting gigs, and then you, you didn't really you lose a bit of interest. I lost a bit of interest in music genuinely. I was sitting there going, like, I just didn't. Didn't excite me. Like I was sitting there going, like, I didn't really show what I wanted to do, but I enjoyed making music. And I think it's because I still seen this like indie, like just writing indie songs. And I was, and I love like I love indie. Like it's not that I like it, but it's just like I didn't really enjoy that. I wanted to be playing. Like I'm good at playing the synth and that. And like then I went on every band says, oh, like make it more synth based. And you're like, all right, right. <laughs> it's a cliche. Yeah, it's like, fucking cool. But uh, that was for me. I was like, ah, I was like, I want to write songs with this. And I write all the songs and stuff and just create them, but I didn't want to feel like, right, I need to do a guitar part, I need to do a drum part, and then I need to do a bass part, and then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to just see what happened. And, like, it wasn't that we kind of naturally fell into that, but during the Phantoms, Zach knew I played the synth. He says, listen, we've got a few festivals coming up. Uh, would you mind jumping in just to support for the keys, just to get a, really? a wee bit of flavour? I'm like, aye, that's fine. Uh, and genuinely... Now, those jams were good um, and like, well, that's when I first like the 808s and stuff like that we're playing it comes through and it was amazing we played Transmit and it was like phenomenal and Alan was filling in on drums as well and so then after the Phantoms I didn't know what to join the Phantoms because I because I just kind of I wasn't creating the songs sure. so I, was, I just felt like I was like a cover band it felt like a cover band for me because it wasn't in my they're band they telling you what to play I, and I was like yeah. that's totally fine but it's no my gig you know what I mean I'm like that's fine but then after that, you kind of left the Phantoms as well and got to that point where you were like, ah, you kind of felt yeah, you were I'd, done, eh? I'd kind of cut the music as well, but again, it goes back to coming to quit drinking. I was knowing a, bit, a great mental space at that point. So I, and I, music, you'll probably know yourself, the industry is not the healthiest place if you're, if you're in that mindset. So I'd totally given up on music and uh, thought that was me. Like I'd played trans, I was like, that's me. I've done everything I could ever want to do, man. Um, but then slowly but surely we started a rejam group. Like, it wasn't meant to be in it and never just a jam group, it just kind of evolved into Dictator is what it is at the moment. Where do you jam? Because I'm sure you jam with a lot of other West Lothian bands, same rehearsal studios. Ah, well, we, we do now, eh, but... Yeah. Um, well, we used to rehearse at DS, Dead Sea Soul Studios. Yeah. We've moved away from there because we've got a, like, a semi-permanent space in oh, Livingston. Class. Now we're, Good. We're off it. Um, 
But we did, we used to rehearse the DSS. We, we went to pay out a few times in Edinburgh as well, yeah. um, which was also pretty good. Aye. But right now we've got our own place. It's, it's brilliant. We industrial unit and I just having everything plugged in and set up and we're good to go. How often do you go in there then? Oh, the now, mate. I've, I can't. I can't. I close my eyes. I see the inside. Do you feel like you're living in the place? Like, literally, man. Like, like, so I think we try and stick to one day a week, right? The now, because we've got a headline show at Stereo uh, on the 18th of December, we are in like three or four times a week. It feels like like we're trying. We try and basically twice a week. <laughs> with these boys it feels like <laughs> no but uh, genuinely it's about two or three the now but it's like three four hours are popped and it, it's a it's a bit an extended thing and it's only because whilst we were moving rooms we weren't really practicing because we're trying to get that room set up and buy equipment for it and stuff so it felt like we'd lost ground we supported a band called the ratings and uh, we were shite <laughs> like we were terrible like people probably came along and went ah oh, he's one of that bad but for us standard was set we're like can I do that but it's because we were about six weeks out of practicing because sure. we just moved and then we got offered like a you got in Newcastle and Mora and we're like hey, let's yes. just stay it um, normally they're the ones who are like no no I'm not feeling comfortable and, and I'm like we'll just wing it okay. I was the one who was like boys we're definitely not ready for this but we've done it and then so for then on in it kind of it's a good thing because it spurred us on for this gig coming up we were like we are not like give any chance that we're just going to be as well rehearsed as we possibly can but it's difficult for obviously our other halves in that so we're we're going in two three times a week probably next week we're going to be rattling through it like every, every night, night. Gig, yeah. I think yeah. you need that though Aye. I remember talking to Jack for the Snuts and they were saying to us it was when they played their first gig in King Tut's their headline show and they were saying oh we're in there like five nights a week six nights a week and you know they set that vision as to this is where we're going to get to, and they've done it. See, when we were, uh, we used to have a permanent rehearsal space, and we shared the room with them, Aye. and they were, they were legit. Like they were in there every single night. We Aye. were there one night a week, Aye. and they were like, "Can we use it for this night? Are you just going to be in?" Like, "Nah, we'll be in." They would be in. They would always be asking to use our nights if they got to be there. They grafted for it, right? Um, and I think, to an extent, I've seen that happening, and then seen their meteor meteoric rise. Yep. Trying to instill that attitude in what we do just now. Totally. Can't we can't do five nights a week? No, I know, man. Uh, we try our best to get in there and work, work a little bit harder for it because you've seen what the uh, outcome can be if you go for it. And you, you must see that. I mean, everybody that's coming out of your area that's doing really well, you need to be dedicated, don't you? Oh, it's mate. like, I think a lot of the time there's people and, and myself playing in bands, we've always been guilty of this. It's like, you play it being in a band. You know, you'll play a couple of gigs a year and you'll rehearse a couple of times, but if you really want to do it, it's, it's like any job, isn't it? Right. Do you know what I mean? If you want to be a football player, you need to practice all the time. It's not as if you I think that's one of the main things, man. Even talking about drinking and that, like, I, I kind of reference we got interviewed a wee bit back, and I was like, it is like football players, like, we're, we're no like football players, but like, they train. What you see on a Saturday or a Sunday isn't just them turning up and hoping for the best. Maybe it used to be back yeah. in the day, but now it's like so finite and it's all about training and honing their best possible attributes so that when they do go and play, they're, they're actually giving themselves the best possible chance. And that's the same, there's one bad gig, I mean, you never ever want that. Even the ratings gig, like, I, I was just, I was a bit annoyed, but then I was like, can I be annoyed? Because we didn't have a chance to practice. Yeah. But now I know for a fact, if we ever got, if we got offered a gig tomorrow, we could take it. Because yeah. we're so well rehearsed, we've got 20 minute sets, 30 minute sets, an hour set if we want it, and it's like, that's where I want to do the thing. So, totally. that, I mean, as you see, you're not playing and being in a band. If you get given a, po a possible uh, tour support with the snaps or something like that, you're let's there. go. Aye. We can go the night. Totally. You know what I mean? And that's, that's where we want to be, so. Can we just take a wee moment to appreciate it as well, right? Because we do have to work hard and we're realising as, as things start to move forward, we're going to have to work harder. Little Michael has just given up his Celtic 
season ticket so that he can commit. <laughs> You're to joking. No, wait, 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 this year's been a big year for me, man. I've like I moved house, we've got I've got engaged, we're planning a wedding. Congratulations! Yeah, thanks, man. Our commiserations, either all. We're sitting there, and we just we just got signed. We've like we've like, so many things are happening, and it's amazing. But I can't keep up with fuck all. Like I'm sitting there going, well, I'm stressed out my box here, and I was like, it's because see, like the stress busting activities, like going to football, isn't it stress busting for me though? Because it's like <laughs> my one day a week when I've got fuck all today. It's like on a Sunday and it's like we're playing Aberdeen three o'clock and I'm like, no, oh, I can't. Like, you know, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, I can't try and burn the candle at both ends here. Like, I'm play, I play football, I play golf, I watch the football, I'm, and I'm like, see, for a while, I didn't mind stuff like that taking a back seat because this is important and stuff's happening. Gone back to that thing about opportunities, you didn't want to miss them. Aye. I'm sitting there going like, man, imagine, imagine we didn't practice because we were watching the football and we got offered a gig and we were shite and then they were like, you want to come back? You know what I mean? It's just that way where... Listen, Celtic are still going to be there. <laughs> I mean, but that's it, man. And like, see, in all honesty, I actually had that chat with, with Zach like at one point and I was like, if Celtic were in the Champions League final, Actually, no, I'm making a bit of this. <laughs> right, if Celtic were the Champions League final, <laughs> are, are you playing transmit? What are you doing? So that's that's the thing. Like, see, in all honesty, I would be picking transmit because that's like that's me. That's oh, it's a it. tough one, though. Isn't but it? I'd probably be streaming it. <laughs> 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 we said like going doing yeah. that, but it's that thing where like if you were to genuinely order them, what would you drop? And I'm like, I'd probably like, Celtic are still going to be there. They're still, you know I mean, they're always be there. Totally. A big part of my life, but. I'm just like, nah, this is this is more important now. And I didn't want to be like I've got time with my missus and stuff like that that is precious enough as it is. And if I'm gonna be in watching the football and that that's totally. a day where she's like, that's like four or five days a week this this week you've not been with me, you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, I get it, I get it. So aye. Anyway, I've not given it up yet, man. It's next season. I <laughs> but but I think the reason that you're doing this, right, is because recently, as you touched on there, you've just got signed, you've you've got big gigs coming up, you're winning awards. Like, there's a this is happening. Aye. You know, Aye. there's a bit of a buzz there. It's the right time. You need to commit to it. Aye. I think that's, that's what I'm feeling. And I said, I actually kind of quite clear on what I'm after. I'm no like flip flopping and saying, like, oh, like I picked up golf the last year and a half, got to a decent point. I'm playing 14 now, but I reckon I could get out of single figures if I gave it a go. I'm like, I'm no decent. He's confident, He's confident. No, no, but, but, but I'm setting it. Play I, football, play I, golf. I Brilliant singer. <laughs> See the synth, yeah. see my synth skills. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all right at golf, right? And I actually picked it up this year and I got, got decent at it. I played when I was younger and I was like, oh, I'm getting, I could get to single figures next year. That that goal has went right out the window. And I'm just like, you know what? Golf will still be there. I could yeah. be in my late 30s and do that. But see this stuff, as you say, it's happening. We're getting given opportunities and I'm still like, what the fuck has gone on? But I know it's positive and I know I want to do it. So I'm like, I just hate to try and grab them and Try and know that the stuff that's important, like I mean, your family life and all that, that's going to always be important. So, aye. How, anyway. did, how did the signing stuff come about? Record deal? Oh, <laughs> the scene is that was so far sound. Oh, aye, aye. These sessions. Aye. The scene was there, but it was ages ago. They took like six months before they ever actually approached us. Right. Um, but they, that's where they'd seen us and thought he's really good. And it wasn't just the performance. We went, we were playing Sneaky Pete's a few weeks after it. So we went right out into the crowd and tried to come get some lunch. Just having a laugh with all the crowds. Totally. You know what it's like, do you know what I mean? Um, so they were like, we just liked how he's were as well as your music. Then they started listening to us on podcasts. And eventually they approached us and they were like, look, we're going we're gonna to be starting this label. Um, we're looking for a band to sing. We think these are going to be the first guys we want to sing. But 
It took how long did it take? Six, Mate, six months. months of negotiating. To the day that we announced we were signed, right? Everybody's like, You must be buzzing. I'm like, No, I'm fucking no. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I'm, honestly, I'm just glad it's out there, but it was so weird, man. You're sitting there going, like, oh, Fucking hell, boys, are we depressed? Because we kind of, we de- we're no as happy as everybody else, yeah. but it's because the, the honestly, gone back and forth. We had three separate lawyers looking at this thing. We're in negotiations with them almost every week, and it was just like back and forth, reading through all these pages here, and I'm like, This is. This is mental. You know what I mean? And we have we have we had strict rules about like who we would be willing to work with because we've been so lucky to see some of our pals get signed to major labels and do amazing things. We don't want that. Because they kinda like the label could turn around tomorrow and say you boys are on tour. Yeah. Like, we don't want that. Totally. We've got we've gone a different way. We want to learn as much as we can so that we control as much as we can. Absolutely. You know what I mean, we'd rather get like an extra ten years on everybody else, but then in ten years' time you're controlling everything. Yep. So then you're the one who's deciding, right, we're going on tour for like these three months, but we're only doing X amount of weekends and stuff. But so when they approached us, they were that perfect label for us. Mm-hmm. They were independent, they were just starting up and they, they were wanting to focus on one band to begin with. They wanted us to be involved in the process and stuff, and we we're like, this is like it was like ticking all the boxes. It's a perfect way to sort of learn that scene <coughs> in the industry as well. Because everyone was learning it together. And just to talk about the control stuff as well. We're complicated, right? And I, <laughs> I always make the joke, this, this is because oh, it's Michael's songwriting process and that, right? It is to an extent, but it kind of embodies our whole approach to how we want to write and release music as well. We do want to have like full creative control. We didn't want anyone else being able to turn around and say, oh, he's only working with this collaboration because they're on another label or we don't think that that's the right move for you. It's like, yeah. if we want to do something, Mm-hmm. That's it. Nobody else is going to stop us. Thankfully, with Black Hole Records, they're, they're very um, understanding in that, and they just want us. They just want to see us do well and create totally. good music. And I think that's important because you hear these horror stories, don't you? Mate, that's honestly it took us some convincing. Eh? We're just like, hey, hold on a minute, user sound. You're offering us this deal, and it's exactly what we're after. You're exactly the right label. What's, What's the, the catch? catch? <laughs> What's the what is the catch here? And it was honestly it took ages, but again, that's what the negotiations were for, and came through in the end. And it's class. Like I feel really lucky to. To be in this position, actually, aye, it is. It's crazy, and like, just feel like a kind of extended part of the band because they are like a management team and stuff, mm-hmm. and like they, they help us out, and, and they're all learning as well. But we're all kind of helping each other, which is which is brilliant. That's good, isn't it? So, uh, aye, but it is mental because when you're younger, mate, that's what you dream of getting. You dream of getting signed, and you're no buzzing about aye, it. We're, we're not buzzing aye. about it, and I'd rather like, I'd rather no pretend than say that I was fucking buzzing. I was burst, and it was honestly like the back and forth, just making sure we were sound, and then like the the pressure of right, okay, now you are. Because we're writing an EP at the time, it's like you're pretty much writing this EP for a contracted like you're going to be releasing. I mean, and you're totally. sitting there going like, "Well, and we've not finished it yet." You know what I mean, so we're talking about it next year. And sorry if it's a big reveal, but <laughs> but it's that thing where you're sitting there going, "Shit, this is all real. Yeah. This is all happening, we man. Need like, we need to do this. Right. Yeah. We need to do this." And you're like, "Oh my god, you're like, this is it." But then actually, when the dust settles, you go, "That's class." Yep. And it's just keeping your head throughout that time and being like, "Ah, oh, this is make the most of it. Let's yeah. enjoy it." So uh, we were talking about that in the drive through here. That's just. You should have. You should have. Just uh, trying to like. They're like James Corden or something. Like, oh, Carpool right, karaoke. Get you there, tune halfway <laughs> along. <laughs> uh, just trying to like appreciate all the stuff that is happening with our and because it's like I'm really bad for. Right, that's done. Let's move on to the next thing. What are we working for next? Like, I don't ever take a moment to just sit in. You enjoy it. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, we're, uh, we're talking about it on the way through and just trying to like, remember. Like, Make it, like. I, I wrote a list of the only stuff that we've achieved just in this year, and it's not you like go and to be like, oh, I'm fucking amazing. It's just because it's like, right, we've been really busy. We've, we've been 
been living our own lives throughout the, the band life. Do you know what I mean? Bad yeah. things have been happening, good things have been happening, all different stuff. Totally. And you forget about all the stuff that you're working really hard towards and everything that you've achieved. Because I'm already sitting looking at next year and going, right boys, but we need to do this and we need to make sure that we're available for that. And yeah. like, uh, hold on a minute, just take a moment to yourself and just totally. appreciate Like even the, we won the summer. I swear two days later I was like, um, I'm trying to book the tours and that for next year. I'm going, right, we're going here, we're going there. Is everyone available? And I'm like, yeah. just take take a breath. I was, enjoy like, yourself. I was buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, I'm going to be the maze today, sorry. Tell us a bit about that then, because I seen the, the photos for the show and it was best rock slash alternative. Aye. So, first off, it came about totally out of the blue. We had said that we were a kind of, like, go for these awards and stuff like that, but it's no, like, everybody, every musician and stuff like that, it's not about accolades. We don't need the validation. I, I, but you want it. But it's everybody class. Wants I, it. I, 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 you're yeah. sitting going, it's class. So, when, <laughs> so genuinely, we're at a different kind of journey to the, the rest of the bands who were put up so like uh, you had memes you had spires and uh, you had swim school now we'd kind of long time admirers of, like so i hadn't heard the memes before like uh, i actually know uh, john really well so, I, mother, so, so, so like i hadn't met but again the music's amazing and uh, it was amazing to be alongside that but spires and swim school were actually long time admirers of those both both of those bands. It as well, they are, right? they're doing amazing yeah. things man and so we're sitting there going, also they've got good teams behind them like i mean because mm-hmm. they're doing the right moves and stuff as well so we're sitting on the boys they went to see spires at a uh, uh, King Tuts and right. stuff and like swim school um, I knew the guy Billy in, in swim school and he's sound as anything man and the rest of them are sound as well so I'm sitting there going right we're up against these bands the likelihood is one of, like we didn't think we were going to win we just didn't see ourselves on the same level the fact that we were even nominated we were like that's a buzz in itself we were like this is class like, and we were just like it's amazing the only thing we said and like credit to Zach like we were like right we've been given this kind of opportunity we've been nominated the only kind of thing is let's no get, leave it to chance. Let's no just see what happens. If we want it, which we did, let's try and we'll send it to everybody we know and ask them to vote for us. The, between between the four years, we're like, we'll just send it to everybody we know. Mm-hmm. Ask them to vote for us because then see if we didn't win. Couldn't have done anything now. They couldn't have done anything. They couldn't have done anything else. We could be just whatever. So literally for the two days, we all kind of split up. So Zach took the lead on this one and he done phenomenal. But it was basically like we all split up when we were covering the socials. What we were doing, stories, content, pushing the link, sending it to people. All the background, we're sending it to every group chat we're in, every like yeah. family member, like old teachers saying, like, hey, vote, <laughs> get a school to vote, do all this. And like, That's those mums in the in the St Andrews in Livingston, she's getting everybody to vote, like the whole school, <laughs> you know I mean? Like, in the Wayne's phones, like, get, them, <laughs> get voting. And uh, like, honestly, it's that, uh, so I actually, I remember uh, my missus had to go to, to A&E because she had a bad cough and anyway, she's fine, she's good. Okay. Uh, but there was just a point that that night where Zach had just been basically spamming everybody who followed Dictator saying, hiya, vote for us, hiya, vote for us. It was just, honestly, your wrist I'm sure I got a message, yeah. Aye, you would not, aye, aye. And you wanted to keep that unfollowed. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all, not at all. people had us, and I was like, but honestly, he just spat, and he was like, basically, like, sorry for the spam, just, we need to, we just need to give it a chance and, and make sure we're there, and sent the link and said, please vote for us. And it got to the end of the two days, and every single one of us were like, we done everything within our grasp to do. So if we don't win it, mm-hmm. it's fine. Because we'll need to work out how to do better, but we couldn't have done any more. And so then on, on the actual SAMA itself, I didn't think I was going to make it. Because I, I was in the, I was stuck in Liverpool because um, of Storm Arwen. <laughs> um, so I went to see Glass Animals uh, on the Friday down in Liverpool. And on the Saturday morning, sitting there, and it's like, oh, the train started getting cancelled. Like Southampton fans <laughs> oh, couldn't no. get up to Liverpool, right? So I'm sitting there going like... 
fucking thank, thank God we didn't live in Southampton. And I was like, <laughs> the, the guy was like, where are you going? I'm going up to Edinburgh. He's like, no chance. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, our train's still running, mate. And he's like, fine, so paid. And then literally, I'm joking, and beat it. And it just went train cancelled. And I was like, oh, oh no. And then every, it was honestly, it was just like, doof, 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 doof. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and so I'm staring at it going, right, it's, 10, it's half nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's fine. Be able to get him. Be able to get him. I was like, we just need to get out of Liverpool because Liverpool's not in the main line. Yep. So I was like, right, cool. And so like the label's like sending us quotes for the uh, car rental hires and all that. No but way. The, the M62, uh, that's the motorway, isn't it? The, that was totally backlogged because everybody was doing the same thing. So all the lorries were doing And I was like, if I go that way, I'm probably not going to gonna get home. Nobody can get down. So I'm sitting there going like, what do we do? So I ended up having to get a train to Wigan. And what are you all there? Was it just, just you? me? Just you, right? So the three of them were like, Christy. Because we thought he was going to make it. And then it got to a point where he was like, he got to all the way to Carlisle, right? Preston. 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 So I had to get to Wigan. Got a train to Preston. Uh, I missed the train to Preston. And there was a train to Blackpool that stopped at Preston. Got in there and I was like, I'll oh, get to Preston. And then there's a train leaving Edinburgh. Last train out of England. And I'm just like, right, that fuck. 13.06, it's due to leave. 13.02, we're standing on a platform. No train. <laughs> and it just changes the wee ticker and goes to, goes to Carlisle and I'm like that's no ideal it's no Edinburgh I'm like fine then it just changed platform so I'm like right so I had like family members on standby saying come and get us for Carlisle so I'm like that's fine goes to the other platform and then basically 20 minutes later they said sorry there's a problem with the brakes this train's cancelled <laughs> next, <laughs> next one's in <laughs> next one's at five past three so I'm like so anyway he goes out and pressed in I think I'm a big fan of Preston, to be honest with you. Probably don't go back there. But, <laughs> uh, I know that train station, honestly, the whole place, man, I'm sorry if anyone's listening to Preston, but I just like the whole place because I was raging. And, my, and so the two of me and my missus just sitting there and I was like, me and Rebecca are sitting there going, like, what are we going to do? And it's stopped being funny because they're not doing memes and stuff like that. Just sitting there going like, oh, well, I'll be home for the Samas and stuff. <laughs> honestly, see if they'd sent me one then, I'd chuck my phone away and be like, Samas, I'm not coming. And I was like, so I was raging, man. And then eventually... We get to the thing, train leaves Manchester, it's gone to, gone to Carlisle. And I just got a big yellow thing saying, like, uh, a big amber warning saying, uh, this train's full. And I was like, oh, no. So we literally put ourselves on the platform, like, let's just pray to God. Literally, the doors opened right in front of us. And we just jumped on, got a seat, and then we eventually got to Carlisle. Got a lift. I had my, my brother-in-law drove down to Carlisle to get me in my car. I drove back home, dropped the two of them off, and then just basically got showered, changed straight, straight to the Sammers. Got to the Sammers two minutes after it started. But honestly, man, I was, so I was, in, I was just gone. Backward. I was uh, gone. I was I had no idea. So when they read out our name and that, again, weren't expecting it. But they, the boys had built it up in their head because I'm like, right, but we better win this. We better win this and stuff. And I was like, if we didn't win it, it doesn't change anything. I did it in a calendar collecting our salmon. <laughs> <laughs> did you? <laughs> I love that. That's we were like, so they built it up, and I was like, doesn't it change it? We're still going to be on. So see when they like see when they did it, man. Oh, I was fucking shaking it, and I had no idea what to say. I, I watched back what I said videos and I'm like I was, I was swearing and I was cursing like blind I was like why have I said all that like I was like I said I had a wee kind of idea what I wanted to say never said any of that I just went up and started fucking yeah fucking <laughs> <laughs> it was hard the adrenaline was yeah. flowing man because mm-hmm. we weren't expecting it even though we were like trying to tell yeah. them we're going to get to but we were like we're probably not going to get it when we found it when we read it I mean mate I was shaking I was nearly crying to be honest <laughs> Big Ben's a, the, the rapper I don't know if you know Ben's he was with us and he's like he's grabbed us hugged us like that and I was like crying in his arms and all yeah. that man. and then they like we were shouting we screaming like yes like it would have just won a football match yeah. but didn't even want to do it like that to be honest no, it was, trying like, to help it was like it's a bit crass to be honest yeah. kind of felt bad for the other night but 
You know, min mor var bossen, hun var der, sad i bossen. Ja, hun var så op med det hårdene, hårdene op, hvor vi siger, at vi går med det dæksko op til det samme. Det var jo spørgsmål. Men det er så validation, isn't it? Det er så validation, at everyone that you've been doing, all these hours in the practice rooms paid off. Nej. Nej, det er ikke særligt. Men det er sådan noget, sådan noget, sådan noget, sådan noget, sådan behind the scenes as well. Send an email, just trying to get promoters to talk to us, trying to get artists to support us, or for us to support other artists. There's like so much work that goes into the, the, the behind the scenes. It's not just writing the music, it's not yeah. just rehearsing the music, it's not just in the gigs, you know what I mean? Um, it was, that's that's where the validation came for, for me, definitely. You know? and, and because we're pretty West Lothian, so you kind of, Maybe no, but we kind of feel like outsiders to an extent to the entire Scottish music industry because yeah. you feel like, until recently, nobody really paid much attention to us. Mm-hmm. So when you're starting to win awards and stuff like that, you're going and, and you've seen all your mates doing really well, you've seen the, the cartoons opening up at the Battlelands, you've seen the snacks selling at three nights yeah. at the Battlelands. It's really cool to also be part of that West Lothian scene and, and showing everyone in that area that, you know, um, a, a creative... Uh, a, create, a career in creativity might, might be a possibility for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because maybe I'm being harsh here, but I've always felt what the Glasgow music scene is very cliquey, you ah. know. And and I think now that right. you guys are getting that validation, there's other people who West Lothian getting that validation. It gives people out with the cities a hope and a chance. Mm-hmm. Aye, do you know? I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case either, but it, certainly for a, a time it did feel like that for me as well. Mm-hmm. But even that that night collecting the summer. Just chatting to all the glad everyone couldn't have been nicer and like yeah. they all couldn't have been friendlier and um, I, I think on the outside looking in it probably seems like that but I think that if you're just open and you go out you go to Glasgow you talk to some bands they're always going to be sound to you. Uh, uh, totally. I don't know any don't know any absolutes like you know but at the same time one of the nicest things is and I think we say this at the start is that being able to remove yourself from that mm-hmm. is actually a really nice thing because you don't get lost in it you don't think you're something you know you come back to West Lothian. Keep putting your place. Pretty much, nobody gives a flying fuck who you are, uh, and you're just like you're like, man, this is like okay, fair enough. And I, I much prefer that to like if we were in Glasgow and going out every night to like different gigs and people, yeah. going, oh, you, you're the voice for dictator and stuff like that. And you're like, aye, aye, I'm me. Some awards were in band. I mean, like, I, but you know, I can understand that when some people like uh, you, you would get kind of sucked in and think you're yeah. class when you're really no, and you still have to work just as hard, actually harder to move through to the next. Maybe I'm being harsh again here, but I do feel like when you go back to a town in West Lothian or Lanarkshire or somewhere, you need to be a bit more thick-skinned. Yeah, it's like do. what you say, is like everything in Glasgow is dead nice to each other. Yeah. Whereas you go back there and your pals be like, oh, is that you's fucking one? <laughs> 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. But I, I, I had mates going, what does that mean? What, what's a summer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. Clue what was going on. Yeah. I mean, they've never even came to see the band. It's because like, ah. they're not in that Glasgow music scene bubble. But, you know, That's one of the things I actually referenced to my mother half. <laughs> you see, they like, talk about Tim Burgess. I'm like, Tim Burgess is DJing in Firewater the 18th, and like, you're allowed in with tickets to their show to, for like after party. And she's like, I had class. And I'm like, is he? I was like, who class that? She was like, who the fuck is Tim Burgess? And I'm going, actually, see, no, this is why I'm weird because I like, you know what I mean? She's like, who the fuck is Tim Burgess? And I'm like, aye, all right, you're buying the Charlotte? And she's like, no idea. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, just, I know, but I'd rather that than be like, no way, that's Tim Burgess. And I'm like, I know it's class. Uh, you need to keep grounded. Ah, 100%, yeah. man. I think that's like West Lothian. So my pals, no idea what's going on. I'm dead here. That's brilliant. Oh. What's coming up then? You've made your list of what you've done this year, but what's happening in the future? You've got stereo. You got another Sneaky Pete's coming up? Uh, Sneaky Pete's in February. Um, before that, we're supporting Las Vegas, SWG3. Brilliant. We do have, so I'm trying to put some tours together. One down south, one hopefully like 
islands and islands. Amazing. Uh, that's not confirmed. That was confirmed yet, but I'm trying to get some dates fixed. That's um, amazing. And then we're obviously we're going to be releasing the. I think you've, you've already spoken about this. So I can I can speak about that. The EP. We're going to be releasing an EP next. You're the guy right? I normally ask if we can speak about it. <laughs> so if you say we can, <laughs> no. The, the main thing, aye, that's like thing touring next year, and uh, like to be honest with you, man, we probably would have released an EP well before now, but the pandemic obviously like sorry to mention it, but I mean it's one of those things where it put plenty of a lot of those ideas where we were like for us we were just like, let's just keep pumping out singles but no like a like, I mean just churning them out but it was like let's actually make a concentrated effort we could we could only digitally release music so we might as well try and stretch out and try and learn what we can by doing as many releases Absolutely. as we could without gigs whereas an EP like you can go tour it you can go yeah. and do whatever and so now we're at finally at a point where I'm thinking hi that's fine but the EP is taking on a different kind of meaning to us now because now it's like we've these songs that we've released up until this point is like trying to find a sound for us, right? Try to like actually hone in and say, what do we want to sound like? What do we want our work to kind of feel or sound like and stuff like that? And now next year, hopefully, let's say if we get it completed and it gets out and that we can actually get everything underway, it'll be to present a, right, here's here's Dictator as we see it. Yep. And what kind of, what do you think? And I'm quite looking forward to that. And hopefully that means we can go on tour. We can, you know what I mean? We can tour it up and down and we'll see what happens. Um, like kind of weird venues and stuff but it'll be class I think that next year it's EP and touring is our main goals who are you recording with because you previously recorded with Adam Warrington for Youngblood didn't you Aye. or did he, he produce one of your songs he came on as a producer for Mirror Mirror Aye. We, Aye. We, all the songs that we've re- released up until this point were recorded partly with Mark Morrow Mark Morrow oh, okay. he's brilliant but we'd take some of those songs and we sat on, sat on them for so long it ended up listening back and going, actually, we can do that a wee bit better. So we, we sort of yeah. dissected them. We, we brought someone like Adam and we also worked with a DJ called Liam Doc, really? who just sort of put their own spin on it, helped us just um, fine-tune some of those songs. Yeah. Um, but now with the EP, we've moved on. Uh, we're working with Seven West Studios on Glasgow. Really? who have been just absolutely amazing. They just totally get exactly what we're aiming for. That's um, class. I can't wait to get the to be honest, just like first, day, first day we done that with Seven Ways so it's uh, Jamie Holmes and Johnny Madden right? Johnny Madden's one of the producers uh, they Baby Strange it's amazing sound, sounds like two of them and the uh, first day I turned up with one of the songs that we were going to release the title track of the EP like a fucking two pages of notes like you hate change this change that change this and they were like and you yeah, said that to them after no, you'd recorded no, they, they said it to you because we sent them a rough demo we went yeah. in this is one of the first ones we went in uh, Zach likes to be really prepared when we go into the studio like leave nothing to chance but then also leave it to chance a wee bit whereas I'm a lot more loose because I, I kind of think to myself that like if I'm in that environment I normally do well as in like you know what I mean like if they say that like, you hate to do this it forces me to do it so like, like there's one when you said oh, let's write a song uh, like because we had like an extra half a day like can we use that grand piano it's like, I Michael will write a song for it. This is like the night before, and I'm like, no oh, what? And I'm like, and I'm like, right, okay. So I was like, fine. So I went home that night and I had to write a song, so I wrote a song, and then the next thing I did, I was like, what do you think? And they were like, class, sound, done. And I'm like, no right, way. I wouldn't have done really that. That's amazing. It's not just like he's pulled it out of thin He's obviously thought about it, to be honest. Right? He's, uh, he's not letting on the full truth. There. He knew that piano was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, I had nothing, and I was like, right, cool, but they were on a half day, it's fine. But he was just like, uh, it was good because it wasn't like them changing the songs. It was just like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I'm like, oh, we could do that, could do that. And I'm like, let's double down on that, but let's do this. That could do with maybe a wee extra lyric or a melody. You just do that. You've got until about six o'clock. And I'm like, Fuck right, okay. I need to go and find something that rhymes for this, and sure. I'm sitting there so the whole day. I'm kind of hashing out lyrics and stuff while they're recording their parts, and it's phenomenal. It's just a different experience, and like that's one of the things we want to do is we want to keep working with more and more people. And it's not that we don't 
think that they are class. We just, it was an amazing experience working with them. We're like, there's a whole world out there of yeah. people who kind of have different views and opinions. And we're not, weirdly, I'm not precious about it. As the name goes, I write all the songs, but I'm, I go in there and I'm like, rip it to bits. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come out of this with something cool and that I enjoy. And I'm like, wow, it's a wee bit different. I didn't care about, you know what I mean? As long as the song kind of remains true, what it means, I'm fine. I think that speaks volumes though, because a lot of people wouldn't let their ego oh, aside. Mate, I know. You know? They'd be like, no, I've wrote it the way I'm... Some folk it. are so weird about it. Like, they're just like, no, like, it's this, it's that, it's this. And I'm like, but even if they didn't, even if you back yourself as a songwriter, I'm still like, these guys are like wizards with like, uh, the tools that they use in their Absolutely. digital. And I'm like, go and just make it sound weird. Like, I hadn't, I'm not saying like, just make it sound fucking weird. And then they do something, you're like, that's too weird. Could you bring it back a bit? And then you end up getting something really cool. And I'm like, and it changes the song and they change the structure and they're like, needs a bigger chorus, needs a this. That's normally the one I get. Like, you know? <laughs> and it's like, but I'm sitting there going, cool. If enough people tell me, I'm not just going to be like, no, I'm going to back, I'm not going to back down here because I think I know better. Cool. I'll go away and challenge myself and see if I get better. I'd much rather that. Tell me about your songwriting process because I love this video that you put out. Uh, i seen it on your Instagram, Walking Down Candlemakers Row, oh, aye, talking aye, about, aye. you know, I've wrote this song about this street and there's a, fictional character based on this shop uh, and you know we mentioned Paiute and we got how do you come up with stuff like yeah that? I have no idea like honestly see half the time I'm like what was that what was that doing obviously I had a lot of time on my hands when that was happening but genuinely so Candlemaker Row uh, so normally I write the kind of uh, the song without the melody and uh, lyrics because what I'd normally <coughs> do is uh, we play a song and then I kind of sing along with it at practice and just till I find find the right kind of thing don't get me wrong some songs I'm just done there we are this is a song we're good to go but I never go out with the intention of I'm going to make it sound like this or I'm going to like with the, with the Candlemaker Row one um, I just remember when we wrote that song I was wearing the Paiute jumper with Candlemaker Row and I was like I'd love the idea to put Candlemaker Row in a song and then we ended up writing a song around that because it sounded quite kind of eerie and I was like sure. oh, this is what this is what to me Candlemaker Row sounds like if that's possible and I'm like and then so when we decided to call it Candlemaker Row I was like, well, why don't I, from a lyric perspective, why don't I try and do justice to Candlemaker Row? And I went away and researched it and just kind of read up on Candlemaker Row, what it was and where it came from, what the history of Candlemaker Row was, all the shops that were there at the time. And I was like, I'm going to turn them into to lyrics and parts of the song. I just really got interested in it and I was like, this is quite cool because it has a hidden meaning. I love when folk do that. Yeah. And that was so, fascinating. When I watched the video, I was like, this is fucking amazing. But like, so I love when folk do that and spend that much time on it because they care about it and I was like but I'm I've got the option to be that person who cares about it like you know what I mean so I was like I, w I actually want to do justice to Candlemaker Row but other songs it's just like it could be anything it could be my dog it could be like, you know what I mean it's just as long as for me it's always trying to kind of like make it as, as real life as possible I don't think we ever, I ever have a sit down and go this is what I want it to sound like or this is what I want it to be about when I get a rough theme of a song like Anthem for a Doomed Youth, I watched the news and there was a thing about uh, there's been a stabbing and they were basically saying that like it was like, a, it was like the person's fault and stuff and it was like it was self defence or whatever and I was just like this is the problem is that the, go the government was like kind of saying but they weren't actually listening to anything and it was it just really irritated me and I was like nah so the theme of that song was kind of about that Anthem for a Doomed Youth and then I wrote the song around that theme mm -hmm. and I think I kind of did that with songs as I go because I normally come and say this is roughly what it's about. Mm -hmm. Like, I normally have that. And then once I roughly know what it's about, not that it's always telling a story or anything, I work backwards for there and the lyrics kind of sit into that and I go, like, this is what I wanted to say and have a meaning. And I didn't want to just write random, mm -hmm. like... And that probably helps you guys as well because you know how, 
he's wanting it to sound or you know the theme that he's going for. Aye, yeah, definitely, especially the way I play guitar is uh, it's very soundscapey. I don't like when I was younger I used to play loads of scales and thought it was rock and roll. I just I usually use a lot of pedals and try and create a lot of the atmosphere with it. That's so amazing. if Michael's like, right, this is a eerie song about Candle Mike a little more then I'm <laughs> you not know gonna play much, I'm just gonna try and space it out a wee bit. Uh, I think it's probably part of getting older, but you start to learn to use space better musically. Totally. So like silence sometimes says more than what you know, playing a million notes. Right. Try and tell that to somebody in their first band, and no, they just no, want, they want the lead solo or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, yeah, but it's nice, and like even some of the like hide and seek. The thing about that is that that was like again like a fictional like breakup song. <laughs> I've been in a relationship for years, and the issues, and I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? But my, try telling that to Rebecca. But aye, but that's the thing exactly. And she's like, oh, but then Moonlight was the opposite of that. Moonlight because together they would have been like a little kind of two track EP. Moonlight was, and I was like, well, this if you, this is about you, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like so, like that's like. Whereas that other one wasn't it? It was just that I would imagine. Well, what would happen if? Uh, you know what I mean? Tell them the truth about how you wrote it. What did I do? Oh, I get the steam and sitting in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, guess I feel so bad because a lot of people emotionally connect with that song, right? And they do, and it's a beautiful, like, I've had a blown on trumpet, but it's a beautiful song, and I, I really love singing it. And it's like, it's emotional, really emotional. And I'm like, it's the messages mental. we get for that song, people, and it's weird, and it's quite it's quite heavy sometimes because you think you almost feel like a certain responsibility with people Aye. missing, like, just what this song is. No, and you're like, I love that. I think that's Aye, it's amazing, right. man. But I watched. I was watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia in the background, fucking writing this tune, going like, and I'm like, hey, cool. Where are you? Like, there I said, I'm like, ah, that sounds class. And then moving on to the next bit, then whatever. And like, I had I paused it. I remember Danny DeVito's face on the screen, and I'm belting out like the main part of that song, just writing. I'm like, cool, done. Literally arrived in Spain at like midnight by two in the morning. Full song done. Sent it today and went, right boys, he's that. And then I never touched the, the MacBook for the rest of the time I was there. It was great. I was like, done, song done. I'm over that's here. But yeah. what to him means loads. To no, but no, but it did. It did mean. I mean, it did mean something because again, I was like, I was over there by myself, and I was like, hey, it's just that thing where I was like, right, I'm going to tap into that and be did like, you go right, there deliberately or just specifically to write songs. I can't mind. I think I had a gap I, I, between. I kept telling, you were going there, and I kept ah, saying I was you going to bring. Ah, you always said, write a banger, write a banger. But like, it was that thing where I, I was in between jobs, and uh, I'd, I'd basically been offered a new job, and my work had said, well, you. Your notice, you don't have to work the full notice. So I went, brilliant, I'm going to capitalise on that. And I just totally. went over and uh, just kind of, I was like, I'll go and write some songs. I was like, I'll see what happens. I went over for like a week or something. Um, and my dad came out the, the second week. But I, I did kind of go over there with that in mind. But I just thought, right, okay, well, I'm over here by myself. And it was that kind of, the loneliness of like facing it. And I was just like, we hadn't even had an argument or anything. Like, I just was like, I'm going to tap into that and imagine and see what kind of that stirs up in me and it did and so it's not that I didn't mean any of it I did and it is very it's a really emotional song even when I sing it now I really get into it and I'm like but what happens with these songs is you pour all that into it then you're done like I'm just like cool but then people like people are saying like asking me they're like is this like this means a lot about someone I lost and I'm like fuck I hadn't even thought of that I hadn't even thought of that song could mean that to someone but it does Yep. And I think that's a like beautiful thing about it is that half the time what I think the meaning of the song is for what someone who uses it for the first time is going through their own shit, they hear it and go, This must be about that and I'm like, it wasn't it, but it is. It is about that. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like it hundred percent is about that because it's the same kind it's of whatever it means to that person at that time, isn't it? Right. Right. And it's so and for me, that's like talk about validation and stuff, but that is a phenomenal feeling to kinda feel that someone's kinda I don't know, like someone said, oh, like I lost someone a wee while ago and stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, 
I'm really glad that that made you kind of feel like that. It's good to to feel like it's good to feel shit sometimes and stir that emotion because you can be emotional. Yeah. It's good to get it out, you know. I think the biggest compliment that anyone can pay you with your music is to, to find some sort of genuine emotional Damn. connection with something really feels it, and that's all you could ever really want. Like forget awards, forget selling out gigs and all of that. Like if one person just comes in and says that song really means a lot to me, that's it. That's yeah, mission accomplished. That's class, man. You've got this drive. Where, where do you see yourself this time next year? If we had to do this podcast next December, what do you want to have happened? What do you think will happen? <laughs> and I know you're the man to answer this. So, the thing is, it's hard because we don't, it's almost like we're ambitious without being ambitious. Because when we started Dictator, we didn't want, we, wanted, we, just, we just wanted to make music that we really were proud of. That was it. We didn't want to be selling out venues, but, but now we are selling out venues, so we're like, well, next year, let's sell out a bigger venue. Yeah. So we did. Because stereo's sold out already, isn't it? Yeah. Sold out weeks, months ago, yeah. man, which is metal. We That's a big venue. Yeah, you wouldn't you believe that, by the way? I'm sitting there going, I will sell it. And like, no, they won't, 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 won't. <laughs> Well, because we had broadcast, and I'm like, well, no, but that's it. If we sell a broadcast, that's it. But then we sold it out, and we had loads of time, like, Aye. Upgrade the venue, and then that's all even quicker than the, the first sort of broadcast right. did. So, hey, we just keep chain, moving the goalposts, I guess. But Good. we are we're, we're looking at a much bigger venue for next year, a couple of venues, different cities right. this time. Uh, obviously, we want to do some some touring. We've been to Newcastle a couple of times, but other than that, we've not really managed to get out of the central belt. We know we've got fans like down south, especially, so we want to go and get it to our so they can come and see us. We're going to release the EP. We've got ambitions for the EP. We obviously, ultimately, like what I was saying, as long as it resonates with our fans, that's brilliant. It's the main thing. But we're, we're going to be releasing it on vinyl. Um, mm. We want... So we want we want it to be more than, than that. We were hoping that if we can sell enough of the vinyls in the first week, it might hit the vinyl charts and stuff like that. Mm. So, so little things like that... We want to chat with the EP, is what you mean. Want, right? just, <laughs> I'm just and you will, you will. Uh, but that's what we want to do, mate. That's, that's uh, genuinely we're looking at, and now we're kind of going, like, how do we do that? And that's uh, like, I mean, that's like a realistic goal. We say we're no ambitious, but... And it's but we're sitting there going like we need to be realistic. We want, we'd love to chat with the EP. That's our like goal for next year. Yeah, we'd be really something cool and special. You know, I mean, it's no, it's no for our egos or anything like that. It's just to say like, cool, we're working like mad, and yeah. it just shows you. It's just like a marker. Yeah. almost. It's like that you. validation again, isn't nah, it? It's nah, like this nah, is the next step. Nah. Well, ticking those boxes. That's exactly it, man. Nah. So that that's for next year, and then the following year. Well, so we, a couple of years ago, me and Michael wrote in like a list of our goals and what we think we we could do. And we were going through every year. Like, this is where we'll be. That's brilliant. So twenty twenty three is the year that we quit our jobs, right? So <laughs> it's, it's, the, the year thing, it's like a dream board, right? Just I hope before, your boss doesn't listen. But that's what we'd put, and we were sitting there, and we're like, right. And I'm not joking, man. Like we had it was something like uh, <laughs> it's like quarter four, twenty twenty two. We just put like accolade back then. Just put accolade. Did won, you really? Aye, mate. And we won the Sabbath and we were like, this is creepy. Do stuff. you believe in that kind of like manifestation stuff? My, my view is like, we talk about manifesting, I, but then I'm like, also when you like, when you say you're going to like do something like chat with the, chat with the EP, you can't, that's not just it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to go yeah. and, like, so it's like, with this whole manifesting, I kind of didn't believe it. You, did, you say, like, I'm going to be. I'm going to make a million quid tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, don't just go to sign and speak it in the sky. Ah, and the that, comes, that, that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't happen. It actually happens over time with concentrated effort, but remaining it as an objective and a goal. Yeah. And that's where I see, like, so for instance, if we say we want to do that, then cool. What do we then work backwards to do? What do we have to do? One of our main goals as a band, mate, is like, we were looking at saying that like, if we were to go on tour for 30 days, 
between one and two thousand capacity venues, right? You're talking between fifteen twenty quid a ticket. You could actually make a sustainable career in music that way, money wise. Yeah. So we're like, that's a daft sucks the fun right out of music goal but that's how we can be full-time musicians how do we get to the point where we could sell out 30 days on a thousand capacity venues at that price point that is no like a music a musician's goal but for us we're like that's what we would need to do to quit jobs yep. to actually go full-time musician and do whatever that's and a clever way to make it but, but no, don't tend I know, to do but, but we're sitting there going like that's no a thing that like we want to be like that's a goal but then we're like, but if we want to pursue music full time, that kind of has to be the goal. Yep. We want control over that. We don't want to rely on a management team, but we might soon need one, but like, because I'm not sure that's happening. But the like a label, a label we've got, we want to control all this. We don't want to be told by the way you're going on tour tomorrow. We'll decide when we go on tour. So we need to learn how to do that. Yep. And I'm like, and that's that needs to become our goal to, to decide what, what we're doing. Aye, when you start saying stuff like that, it's knowing that you're manifesting it. We now have to look at the, the actual realisation of like well what do we need to do to get to that point how do you expand your so, I mean, it's, it's quite boring I hate it because like, no, the, no, the, the younger me because the amount of bands that I've spoke to and none of them say that and aye. that's the way that people should be thinking aye. ultimately aye. if you're in any job and you want to do it full time that's what you need to do you know? it's, it's, if you've got rent to pay you know if you've got family like, you need to think about things and like and that's so, it's so mad though because like, you almost don't want to see it you don't want to see it because like younger me being a musician's like, nah, man, just want to fucking. I didn't mean to put it in a public podcast, but yeah. I didn't mean speaking it within an answer. Nah, but, no, I actually think people watching this or listening to this will really appreciate you've been Mate, perfectly honestly, honest. Folks, folks see that and think, I, I can get behind that. Aye. It's funny because you go back to the dream board and one of, a couple of those things was like, oh, we wanted to have a management team, we wanted to have an agent. We don't have them, but we are them. We've became that. Like, that's yeah. exactly what yeah. we do, and, and we've realised don't really need it. We don't need an agent for sure because we can book gigs ourselves, we can book venues ourselves, we yeah. don't need a promoter because we sell the tickets anyway, nobody else is doing it for yeah. us. Might, as we say, things are getting really busy, we might eventually need a management team, but right now, we've got it under control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And bands out there, there's lots of them that are doing that by themselves yeah. anyway. It's possible, entirely possible, man. I spoke to the guy Stuart from the band Rest, you heard? Ah, aye, of course, man. And they're the exact same. He's like, we're booking all our shows ourselves, we've got get an agent there. Because they want that control, but also because then you're not giving a percentage to somebody no. else as well, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, you know? man. And, that's and, like, and they're smashing it, you know. It's, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. And I, I, that's why I actually, like, because I was thinking to say that, that, I'm glad I did, because I'm like, that's genuinely, like, what we're looking at. 2023, we don't just say, we'll quit our jobs and become full-time musicians. We have thought about what we need to do to sustain being musicians. And we're like, we're no, we're no looking at it like daft wee laddies anywhere. We are actually trying to be, like, professional musicians like yeah. would, what would a professional do well they would look at it like that so let's look at it like that and then we'll figure it out and when you put that on the table and put all your cards there your fans and the people that are listening to you get that so they'll buy the tickets Aye. They'll, they'll buy 50 the... quid for sneaky pizza <laughs> 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 it's like, come on he's a worry if you set the targets and you've got a group of people there that are buying it what you're doing just now Aye. they're going to support that whereas if they don't know what the vision and the goals are Aye. how can they get behind it as well but then we have to remain true to the music as well that's like the, that's always the main goal but it's like well if we want to actually produce the best music we possibly can we hate to support it with the stuff that's not as fun because then as soon as you get the go ahead if we did if we suddenly done that in 2023 we cut our jobs and we're actually full-time musicians imagine the amount of bands you could work with you can go and produce you can get I'm like mate that sounds amazing I've always you would create it totally aye you know what I mean so much more time practicing during the day you'd be done by five o'clock and be like right boys we'll see you tomorrow you know what I mean go and live a life again exactly 
Aye. So anyway, mate, then twenty twenty two, big year. Hopefully we get tour and release an EP. Hopefully chat with it, and then we'll see. See what happens for there. That's, uh, oh, it's festivals in there. Hopefully we'll get some festivals. Any festival bookers are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Are you like to think now that you'll be on track for Transmit or something along those lines? Yeah, you never know, you never know. Depends what happens at the start of next year and stuff. And even at the Las Vegas support, we're supporting Las Vegas and SWG3. Buzzing about that. Like, buzzing about it, man. I used to have a Las Vegas poster in my bedroom um, when it was first released, like the album. Uh, and like, so see like... We found out that uh, I can't wait till he's turned up and he remembers him. Uh, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, that guy, he's it. Uh, you're getting billed for the rider, exactly. I remember, I remember going into the French just lifting at the crate of tennis, like, excuse me, I'm getting it. 16 year old wee fan, man. Still, got a chance of redemption there, man. Absolutely, yeah. And on a big bloody stage today. I know, man. That's a brilliant haul, man. I don't think I've been to see anybody there. It's huge. It's just such a big space, big warehouse. Looking forward to it, man. Can't wait. Listen, I've absolutely loved talking to you. Thanks ah, so much for coming through. And at all, man. It's been a pleasure. Where can people check you out? I know. Uh, hey, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, obviously Spotify, give us a follow, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to have loads more video content coming up in the next few months. So definitely hit that subscribe button for us. Um, so I'm not just follow, just follow us on Instagram. At dictator band, dictator underscore band on Twitter. Um, dictator on Facebook you'll find us there you'll see us you'll link it all here as well in the video and the, the podcast they might be finding some other dictators that they're not I know mate honestly not that I know we're overdue a dick war on Instagram every, we used to be every every couple of hundred followers I'd follow a new dictator uh, on I Instagram the th- you only follow three people aren't yeah, it? Is it three dictators Gaddafi uh, Gaddafi and Mugabe uh, Kim Jong Kim came into practice one day he's like he's followed someone and he's like that's going to be funny if we followed a dictator every hundred followers and I was like I can get behind that. Yeah, but so if you follow us on, on Instagram, don't be offended if we don't follow you back. We will at some point follow you back. But right now, we've just got one more dick war in us and then we'll be done. It doesn't sound like you follow people. You lead the way, mate. That's exactly way. it, man. I know. <laughs> well, listen, thanks to everyone who has listened to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please go back uh, and listen to some previous episodes. Cheers. Cheers.